It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. Hour two on a Thursday. We got the full show today. No Rangers game. They're recovering. The Astros are, are icing down them, them bad hands. The Rangers are recovering after a crazy series uh, in Arlington. Astros now take the lead in the AOS. The Mariners game should have just started. We'll give you an update on that before we get off the air. The Mariners are taking on the Tampa Bay Rays right now. That is a big series for both Rangers and Astros fans to watch. Also, Blue Jays, you want to be watching that if you're a Rangers fan, trying to get back in that playoff picture. Know a lot of Rangers fans are ready for football season, is what I'm hearing. We're going to talk some NFL. We may get back to some uh, Texas-Alabama talk as well, and more of your text. 512-337-3776. 512-337-3776 is where you can text in. Join the party here on the Sports Complex. Let's talk Chiefs and Lions. Big game tonight. The line has moved now to four and a half. Uh, you know, we thought that Kelsey was going to be out. Vegas usually is pretty good about these things. They moved the line uh, when we saw that Kelsey uh, was probably going to be out with the injury or at least going to be hampered. You know, you don't want to get – the team is making probably the right decision as much as you love to have him out there, especially, you know, while you're trying to build up, uh, you know, Sky Moore and build a relationship with Valdez Scantling and build a relationship with Kadarius Tony, who is off the injury report right now. You know, while you're trying to build up with that, trying to, you know, Pacheco is coming off his own injury for uh, for the Chiefs. You may want to have him in there because he's the one guy that Patrick Mahomes really has the chemistry with. But he's going to be out for the day, uh, for the game. you got to get him healthy for the long run of the season. You're trying to play for another Super Bowl, so you know it's going to be a long season for Chiefs fans. The Lions trying to come back, trying to get in the playoffs. They know Aaron Rodgers is not there anymore. They feel that this is their division to win now. Uh, you know, people are not as up on Minnesota. We'll get into our predictions in a little bit of that. But this is a big game for the Lions to set precedent, start the thing, start it going, take out the defending champs, move ahead. But a big thing for this is going to be can the Lions start to play some defense or is Patrick Mahomes going to pick him apart like he continues to do? They added Cam Sutton. They added C.J. Gardner-Johnson. They drafted Brian Branch in the secondary. They made a lot of additions to the secondary. We know Aiden Hutchinson's coming into his second year with them now. Trying to get the pass rush. You're going to have to get a little bit of pressure on Patrick Mahomes, and he's a very hard guy to pressure because he just gets the ball out and he's able to handle it. But you're going to have to try and make – you want to play guys close up because this Chiefs team, you know, they used to be able to kill you over the top. And that was all they did was they kill you over the top and Tyreek Hill – and then if Kelsey get out and they make, they were all big plays. And once people started to adjust to that, they started to go underneath. And, and Patrick Mahomes became the guy that gets you underneath. So you're going to try and make them throw over the top again because you're hoping that that's a lower percentage connection now with Sky Moore and with Valdez Scantling and and Kadarius Tony. You don't you don't want to trust those guys. So you're going to be hoping for that if you're 
Detroit, but this is a Detroit defense you need to see happen. And we know that Kansas City doesn't have a defense. We know that Kansas City's defense is hurting too. Chris Jones holding out, not going to be there. They get uh, Charles Aminihu, he's suspended, not going to be there. Long former Longhorn Charles Aminihu, not going to be there. And Udoka, and Udoki, uh, and Udoka, I can get there. Uzoma from uh, Kansas State, their first round pick. He's not. He's listed on the the backup on the depth chart, so he's not going to be coming in. Did not have the camp to come in and make a huge impact to get up there and, and be a star player for the Chiefs right away. Are they going to be able to stop this Detroit Lions team that looked really good last year? Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions, looked amazing. Looked like he had this team running. Jared Goff, he makes Jared Goff look good again after we saw Jared Goff be found out and be called a bust, and now he's about to go get another big contract because what they're doing in Detroit with him. You get Jameer Gibbs, and what you hear about Jameer Gibbs is that even if Montgomery comes in these games, that you're going to be able to have Jameer Gibbs line up as a wide receiver. Jameer Gibbs is going to be in there playing big minutes and trying to get, like, there's just so much explosive abilities. Amon Ross St. Brown. What he's going to be able to do in another year now that now that he's really starting to feel his own oats and starting to be that guy, this could be a high-scoring team. And, I, and I'll tell you, this could be a high-scoring game. And I know Thursday night games in general, and especially once we get into the Amazon Thursday night games, and those Thursday night games later in the season, they suck. They just suck a lot. They're very rarely good. Even good matchups are usually low-scoring, and the teams aren't ready. That is not necessarily the case for the opening game Thursday night game. And if you look back, there are some, there are some, you know, slower games. There's some that don't, you know, that were not as fun. But a lot of times, those are defensive matchups anyway. They weren't probably going to be the best. You maybe had an injury coming out of there. Kansas City and the Andy Reid era has started the season on a Thursday night game. Kicked off the season twice, 2020 and 2017. They've done it. So every three years, Kansas City gets put in that because they're in there 2023 now. 2020 score, they went 34 to 20 over Houston. That is a Houston team that wasn't very good. Kansas City puts up 34. 2017, they beat a defending champion New England Patriots, who then goes on to be in the Super Bowl and lose to the Eagles that year. They beat them 42 27 in 2017. That's in the Alex Smith era. That's when Patrick Mahomes is on the bench, already been drafted, but isn't playing, getting a year behind. They're able to do that. So they put up 34 and 42 in the first game of the season. So this is the Thursday night kickoff game that we normally don't, that is not always great. That first Thursday, week one Thursday game. And it is going to be, I, I, I don't think it's going to be the low scoring affair that we normally see on a regular Thursday night. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I do like the lines to cover though. I like the lines to cover. I think that, I, I don't know. If they win this game outright, I still think the Chiefs find a way to win it, but I think it's within a field goal. It's a four-and-a-half-point line right now. I have the Lions covering on this. Uh, I may, If you wanted to go press me, I'd probably say the Chiefs win the game, the Lions cover, which is not giving me a large margin. But uh, that's what I'd say. Tell me your text. Tell me what you think. 512-337-3776 is the text line. 512-337-3776. Uh, let us know that... And we get a last year was the first year that the Thursday night games were actually good. They they weren't really good. They were the matchups were better because it was Amazon, and so they tried to give them better matchups. But some of the games were still not great in the offense because the short week. That's the normal deal. The Thursday night game is usually not great because the short week. 
You don't you don't get the the prep in, so you're basically there's nothing really game plan for that team that you're playing. You're you're kind of just going out and doing your thing, so you don't get a you know gadget plays. You don't get to draw up an offense that's necessarily going to take apart that defense. And, and again, neither of these defenses may need that. We don't know what this Lions defense is going to look like. That's one of the things you're going to be watching the most. That Jameer Gibbs. I think you're watching two things in the Lions, and, and we're going to see who the 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 wide receiver is. That steps up for for Kansas City. You know, you're forcing the hand now. They got Valdez Scantling last year. That was the one they hoped was going to be there. He never really took over that role. He did okay, but he's never the guy. And there's never, like, the number two wide receiver in Kansas City has never been anything. You know, before Travis Kelsey, before, you know, with Tyreek Hill, the number two wide receiver is anything. But you need at least to have a number one. And is Sky Moore going to be able to step up in that role this year? Is Kadarius Toney finally going to be healthy? Not be a head case, go in there and be do his role. Kadarius Tony has all the potential, all the talent. We've seen it. Does he have the consistency? I got the Lions covering. What do you got? Five one two three three seven three seven seven six. And I'll take the over. I think that's going to be a high scoring game. Uh, I, I think that you know you're you're going to see some fireworks. You're going to see some some big plays where the especially for the Lions and then Patrick Mahomes. You can't count him out. He's one of the best second-half quarterbacks and comeback quarterbacks ever. I still know as a Texans fan that game when I, you know, celebrating in the first quarter because the Texans are up by 30-something points, and it's over before halftime. Kansas City's already come back. Let's do some NFL predictions. Let's get into the season, uh, get some predictions out. I'm going to predict we'll get into uh, go division by division for you. If you've got any big predictions, any big uh, takes that you want to put out in the text line, 512-337-3776. Let's start off in the AFC, and we'll start out the AFC with the division that is probably the easiest to call. We'll start off with the AFC South. And we all know this is Jacksonville's division to lose. They they are the team far and ahead, the most uh, ready to go. You have that running back, uh, the wide receiver core that messed up the entire wide receiver market by paying Christian Kirk all that money, Zay, but he plays a good, uh, has a good season last year. Zay Jones has a good season last year. Then you add Calvin Ridley back into this mix. It's going to take him a little while. I don't think you just bust that rust off in offseason. So you're going to have to, you know, give him a little bit of time. Evan Ingram, you know, has been a disappointment at points, but we know he has a the potential. There's so many weapons. Travis Etienne, and then you throw in Trevor Lawrence. There's so many weapons on this offense. Doug Peterson's a great coach. Uh, the defense is building back up there in Jacksonville. And who is competing against him? Tennessee, not worried about it. Don't they, you know, they drafted quarterbacks the last two years to try and replace Ryan Tannehill, and Ryan Tannehill's still the guy. Houston, that O line, every all the draft picks and everything they sit, they can't get it healthy. Can't get that O line healthy. And if CJ Stroud doesn't have a pocket, I'm not I'm not thrilled about his outcomes of games. He is a guy that you could tell when his back foot is planted and he's got time, he's really good. And when he doesn't, he's not as good. And so we could see some panic and some interceptions. I don't have a lot of hope for Houston, but I got them third. I'm going to put Indy last. I know Anthony Richardson, maybe maybe we'll show everybody up, but I have Indy getting up last in this division. Uh, the Jonathan Taylor holdout is going to be a big problem. Michael Pittman Jr., I hope he steps up this year. Did not do it at all last year. I don't know if this team is going to be ready to go. Uh, I like Shane Steichen as a coach. Uh, but as a first-year head coach taking over with all these problems with an owner who is going to continue to stick his hand in the pot. We saw him last year. Uh, he put Sam Ellinger out there when, you know, uh, Frank Reich didn't want that. There's just a lot going on there. AFC West. 
Kansas City is you have to pick Kansas City. Until Kansas City lose, you have to take them last year. I know it was a much more divided division. Denver looked like they had a shot to do it when they get the Russell Wilson trade. Las Vegas looks like they're going to try and go up for it. The Chargers are always right there. I got the Chargers second. I got Kansas City taking that division. The Chargers I got going in second place. I think they're going to look pretty good with Kellen Moore. I'm worried about when they get to the playoffs, but you still have Austin Eckler. And you know, if you're able to keep him in the offseason, that team's going to continue to be good. You got a lot of wide receivers. I love the Quentin Johnson pickup because uh, Kellen Moore loves his third wide receiver. He has made, you know, Cedric Alexander a bunch of money. He made Michael Gallup a bunch of money. So I think that Quentin Johnson's going to be have a great year in in LA as well. Justin Herbert getting his big contract going to come out. I know some people are a little bit worried about it. I'm not. I don't think the defense is going to be great. You're going to be throwing the ball a ton. You're going to be trying to run little gadget plays, stuff like that. Can't, I think they do well, but Kansas City still the team to beat. We'll see tonight who the wide receiver is for Kansas City, who's going to take over that role, but I got Kansas City winning the AFC East. AFC North. Cincinnati, is the, this is one of the toughest divisions to call. I got Cincinnati. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. He, now this is a team that I don't know next year. Once the contracts start have to be divvied out, if they're not able to keep T. Higgins, if they're you know you got to pay Jamar Chase, you got to pay Joe Burrow. That's going to be a lot of money. How does your O line continue to build? How does your defense continue to build? Lou Anarumo, Lou Anarumo is a great defensive coach, but does he want to get out of there at some point and go somewhere else? If you you know focus completely and put all the money in the offense, you know are the Bengals a notoriously cheap franchise going to keep spending the money? Right now they're okay. Right now you're doing pretty good. And you're looking like this is a season that that I just I think that the Cincinnati can come in. I don't know if they're good enough to beat the Chiefs. That's going to be it's going to take all season to get to. But I know that they are they can win this division. Baltimore is going to make an improvement, but a first year in an offensive coordinator, I don't feel that Lamar Jackson, even though with all the pieces, I think he's going to need another year to really learn the offense and get it down to get the protections, get all the, the checkdowns and all that right. I, and, and then Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Who do you put, Cleveland or Pittsburgh? I, but I, play, I Look, I have to put Pittsburgh ahead of Cleveland because Mike Tomlin, he's just a better coach than Stefanski is. He just is. Mike Tomlin's just a great coach. You know, I, I, Kenny Pickett to George Pickens is going to win you a lot of games, and I think that's one of those things you see in Pittsburgh is they win the games they're supposed to win. Now, can they win the games or not? Can they have upsets? I don't know if this team's good enough to do that a lot. But I know they are good enough to win the games they're supposed to win. And so I have Pittsburgh ahead of Cleveland in that. Cincinnati, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland in the AFC North. AFC. Buffalo. It's who I got winning the AFCs. Now, this is one of the toughest divisions. Buffalo, Jets, Miami, New England. Three of those teams have put a lot into this offseason. Miami, I don't feel put in was able to get enough done. They kept trying to add pieces. They kept trying to get guys in. You know, they were in the Jonathan Taylor talks. Uh, they were in basically every running back talks. They're in. Uh, they wanted to sign uh, Dalvin Cook as well. They weren't able to get that done. They, you know, my, I think Mike McDaniel is one of my favorite coaches in the NFL. I think he really wants to get. I think he really wants to run the ball more and take a little bit of the load off of Tua. But with the Tua health, I can't trust him to be healthy. Him and Waddle, when they're playing great, feel good. They lose Jacecki to uh, to New England as well. He was not able to be healthy. The health in Miami is the problem. I don't know if they're going to be able to get it done. The Jets are going to improve. Aaron Rodgers just doesn't lose. 
Uh, I he's going to be in there. I think new, the Jets win in the playoffs. I think Buffalo wins in the regular season. They've got the years, but I I do see a bit of a regression in Buffalo as well. This may be the last year of Sean McDermott in Buffalo. Uh, it's at a point you have to change it up, and you're not going to give up Josh Allen. So if you're not going to give up your quarterback, you got to change something up. And it may be your coach Sean McDermott. He's a good coach, but he can't get you over that hump, and you may have missed your window in the AFC. If Kansas City is where they're at. Cincinnati's where they're at. If Jacksonville starts to push you, if the Chargers start to push you, if Baltimore starts to push you, if the Jets start to push you, and you start to fall down to 7th or 8th in the in the AFC, what are you going to do? That may be time to make a, a change. And we saw how much Brian Dabble did, what he's doing in New York, what he's doing with uh, Daniel Jones. Let's go over to the NFC. Get some predictions over there before we get to our break. NFC South the worst division again. We started with the AFC South, the NFC South. The South not going to rise again this year, guys. I do not feel the South will rise again in the NFL. Uh, I have New Orleans winning this division uh, just because they've had more veteran presence. Uh, if Michael Thomas can come back and play at a high level or play at a decent level along Chris Olave, uh, Derek Carr is going to be able to get him. He's been able to do well enough in the regular season. Uh, you know, he, and he hasn't had a lot of postseason uh, experience. But I think that he'll be okay to get you through this division. Atlanta's going to have its growing pains. I, I like what Atlanta has with a lot of weapons. Uh, I don't know about their defense. I don't know about, and I really don't know about Desmond Ritter at quarterback. Desmond Ritter comes out and, and is 10 times better than he was last year. They got a shot to win the NFC South. But that's saying he's 10 times better than he was last year because he was not a good quarterback last year. They're just going to run the ball. And Desmond Ritter's going to run the ball. And Bijan's going to run the ball. And Algier's going to run the ball. And Patterson's everyone's going to run the ball in Atlanta. Carolina got going third and Tampa Bay fourth. Tampa Bay, it needs to shut it down. I get it. Just just go into try and tank. I'm not a big fan of tanking, but come on, guys. You, you know, you had the run. You got to get some of these older contracts. Mike Evans, you know, I don't think he wants to be there anymore. He doesn't want to work with the new quarterback. But if you want to keep Mike Evans, then get a top quarterback in the draft and maybe he'll stick around for their progression. But if you keep trying to stick out Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield and you don't get one of those top picks, it's going to be a long recovery road. If you just just edge into the middle of the uh, NFC, I think they go ahead and, and just take it all off. NFC North, big one. Green Bay trying to recover after losing Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love, what does he do? Chicago. Justin Fields looked really good at the end of the year, but we know that he has limitations. They got a great running game there. Add DJ Moore. Minnesota was the front runner after Aaron Rodgers leaves. You know Kirk Cousins up there, Justin Jefferson, and the Detroit Lions. We just talked about them playing the big game tonight. Detroit is who I have winning this division. I think this Detroit team figures out some of their problems on defense. I think they figure out a lot of their problems on offense. I love the Jameer Gibbs pick. I know it was too early. I know it's too much to pay a running back. I get all of that, but I love the Jameer Gibbs pick. I think they're going to do a lot of good things in Detroit. Minnesota, I see a regression happening. I just can't buy into this team continuing to work out. Jordan Addison is a good wide receiver, but I feel the same way as when he went to USC. I don't know if he's that transcendent wide receiver, and I don't know if they're going to pay Justin Jefferson after you paid Hawkinson. I talked about this the other day. There may be a point where they decide they don't have the money and Minnesota doesn't want to spend the money to keep the best wide receiver in football. That seems silly. They traded Stephon Diggs away. If you can get a good enough package for him instead of paying him and make him the highest paid wide receiver after Jamar Chase gets his money with Joe Burrow, you may move on and this may be a team 
that goes into rebuilding before too long. And, you know, they've tried to move on from, from Kirk Cousins before. This may be the time. NFC West. San Francisco is the team to beat. They get the Nick Bosa deal done. It's not It's not hard. They've been there. Can they? The, Nick, the San Francisco question is, can they get over the hump? Can they make it to the Super Bowl? Can they win a Super Bowl? Can Kyle Shanahan finish the run? We know he was up, and a Super Bowl's offensive coordinator couldn't finish it. We know that's that's not just his fault, but can he get back there? Can they stay healthy? The Brock Purdy era is officially alive in San Francisco. The Sam Darnold era hopefully does not appear in San Francisco. Seattle's I got second. Uh, I like what Seattle uh, is doing. They did really good in the draft. Pete Carroll's a hell of a coach. They'll be all right. The Rams, if Cooper Cup doesn't play this team, I don't know what they can do. Uh, I, I'm not bought into them being more than a middle-of-the-road team with the construction of this roster right now. And I know Cooper Cup is good. I, I just Maybe last year, maybe it's recency bias, but I don't have a lot of faith in this team. And we know Arizona's tanking. We don't even have to say it. We know Arizona's tanking. That's, that's why they cut Colt McCoy. It's why they're going to put Kyler Murray out for as long as they possibly can and then try and trade him. But Caleb, Caleb uh, Williams has already said that he may not even come out if Arizona's got the number one pick. He may not even want to go play in Arizona because of how bad of a franchise and how much people hate it that play there. And no player development whatsoever. And finally, we'll go to the NFC East. The one all you Cowboys fans have been waiting for. The NFC East. Let's start at the bottom. I got Washington. I just, I look, the Washington and the Giants are a, kind of a toss-up, but I'm going to go with the coach I like more. I like Brian Dabble more than I like Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera's a good guy. It's time for a change there. They just need to move on. He, I like Eric Bieniemy as well, but it's time for a change. I, I just don't see it working. You know, I don't see it working. I, I, I hope for Eric Bieniemy it does. I hope for Ron Rivera it does, but I, I don't think it's working. And I got Philadelphia edging out Dallas. They they don't seem any worse than they do last year, right? I know teams don't win it back to back, but Dallas seems like Dallas seems like they have other holes on the offense. The offense doesn't. I love the Brandon Cook signing, but you don't have a tight end now. You're trying out with Ferguson. The running game is a major question mark. The offensive line looks good, but you know it seems also like it's kind of on eggshells at this point. And I have no faith in Mike McCarthy calling plays. I do think it's close. I think Dallas has got a shot, and anything can happen in the NFL, but I got Philadelphia winning there. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll give some more picks. We'll give your picks, too. 512-337-3776. If you have playoff picks, AFC, NFC champions, who you got in the Super Bowl and who you got winning, send those in. 512-337-3776. We'll lock them in. We'll all lock in our Super Bowl picks. We'll get those going in. As we've already got our division winners, we will lock in our AFC and NFC champs. We will lock in our Super Bowl champs, and we will listen to an interview from me and Robbie this morning from Travis Ryer from Alabama talking some more Texas football and Alabama football coming up here on the Sports Complex on the Horn, 1019 AM1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7 on The Horn.
Back at the Sports Complex, wrapping up all of our working songs this week. you got to play working for the weekend if you're playing working songs all week. We're going to get to uh, everyone's text in our Super Bowl predictions, 512-337-3776, where you can send that in. We're going to get to that in a minute. But I want to get back to some Texas, Alabama. Uh, we had Travis Ryer from Alabama, covering Alabama, on E and Rob B. Hook him up with E and Rob B. this morning, 6 to 11 uh, weekday mornings right here on the Horn. He gives you a little bit more insight in what to look for and what this game means for Texas and Alabama. Here's a clip from this morning talking to Travis Ryer on E and Rod B. Can we go to the Vaqueros hotline and uh, get some in-depth conversation about the Alabama Crimson Tide with someone who knows his stuff? He is uh, from BamaOnline.com. He's been covering the Tide since 03 and is covering them to this day. He is Travis Ryer. Uh, he's on Twitter, at Travis Ryer. Uh, uh, Travis is his first name, last name, R-E-I-E-R. Travis Ryer is with us. Travis, how are you? I'm great. How are you guys this morning? We're doing good, man. We're doing good. Hey, uh Rod, what's your what's your what's your biggest question for Alabama and Texas in this game you have for Travis right here? Uh, oh, really? It's about Jalen Milrow, uh, Travis. How do you think that uh, Alabama is going to use Jalen Milrow in the quarterback run game, and even uh, you know in the pass game? What do you think they're uh, trying to weaponize him in what fashion? Yeah, I think we're certainly going to see more of Jalen in design quarterback run situations than we did in the opener against Middle Tennessee. I think. He carried seven times in that game. He was sacked on two of those. Uh, and just two others were really runs that you could look at and say, yeah, the quarterback was in mind in that situation. One was on a touchdown run off a zone read, and then the other off a quarterback sneak from under center. So uh, you know, Tommy Reese's background as an offensive coordinator previously in Notre Dame, ironically enough, where he most recently worked with Tyler Buckner, Alabama's backup quarterback these days, uh, tells us that there's there's more in the bag from that perspective, and not just again in terms of the zone read game, but uh, quarterback counters, quarterback powers. Uh, he's not afraid to expose the quarterback to those situations in the run game, and he should do that with uh, with Jalen. And I think he's going to need to because I think this Texas defense, if you just want to try to line up and hand the ball to running backs, it's going to be tough. It was a year ago for Alabama. Yeah, and that was Jameer Gibbs, who's now playing for the Detroit Lions, was one of those main running backs, had some big plays in that game, and no Bryce Young. Now it's Jalen Milrow. Travis, you've, as we mentioned, you've covered this team for a long time. you covered it for the entirety of the, the Nick Saban era, which has been dynastic. Uh, where does this team for you stack up versus some of the other Alabama teams you covered? Yeah, to be determined. I think talent-wise, in terms of just the roster, you, you can look at it and say, yeah, this is this is one of those teams uh, but I think there are still some questions to be answered. You know, here recently it's involved more of the secondary depth, which a couple weeks ago I would have told you I thought was going to be a strength for this team and this defense, even with three safeties moving on to the National Football League from last year's group. But, you know, they've had some injuries of late, had a couple of guys in Jalen Key and uh, Malachi Moore get dinged up in the, the opener against MTSU. They were already down a safety, so – you know, that's obviously one of the big storylines this week, especially with the skill talent that Texas is going to put in front of them. And you know, I think Alabama at the corners um, with Terry and Arnold and, and Kool-Aid McKinstry and, and also a transfer that they brought in and Trey Amos from Louisiana can hold up pretty good. Uh, but again, the, the availability of a couple of key guys, uh, both at safety and where their sub packages are concerned is, you know, where you're a little bit worried for this Alabama defense right now. Offensively, 
Uh, you know, it was great to see Jalen have the success he had, especially in the past game against MTSU. But I think if we're being honest, I think a lot of people out there are saying, okay, let's see him do it against a defense like Texas. Um, because he, he really had his ups and downs against A&M last season in the start against a legitimate Power 5 group. So you know, there's still some blanks that need to be filled in for this team. Travis, what are your thoughts about the wide receiving core in years recently? Uh, we've seen the Alabama wide receiving core just littered with NFL first-round caliber talent. Uh, we know they got some some great players in their wide receiving group, but uh, who are the guys that Texas sh- – fans should be concerned about who may be uh, highlighted and featured uh, on that game on Saturday? Yeah, a lot of the same guys that they saw in last year's game, and it wasn't the best of performances for mm. Alabama's receivers in that one. Jermaine Burton is back. Ja'Cory Brooks is back. Um, they've added some pieces there as well. Um, Malik Benson coming in from the junior college ranks. Jalen Hale is a Texan, as a true freshman, that they are very high on. And if you ask me about potential first-round guys, he might be at the top of my list. Now, he's still a few years down the road. But just in terms of big-picture uh, viability as a, as a pro, uh, he might be that guy. So, uh, you know, they feel really good about their inside receivers. Isaiah Bond, Kobe Prentice. Prentice had four catches against Texas last year. So, you know, there's a lot of depth, a lot of returning depth. Uh, but they got a lot to prove, too. I know a lot of this is being put on Jalen Milrow, but uh, the receivers have to be better than they were a year ago. They were good in the opener against Middle Tennessee. But again, you know, this is a sort of show-me game for that position on this team. Yeah, you got uh, Jace McClellan, the Texan, at running back. There's another one in Jam Miller, the sophomore, is a, is a, is a Texan. A lot, of, a lot of Lone Star uh, talent on this Alabama roster that will uh, host the Longhorns. As we said, only the uh, first first matchup in Tuscaloosa between these two since 1902. Uh, pretty incredible. Uh, so the defense, it's always a Nick Saban staple. Uh, the defensive line, we know the linebackers and, and uh, Chris Braswell is back. Dallas Turner is back. Those guys can wreak havoc. Who are the guys up front? Because the Texas offensive line struggled uh, last week a little bit with Rice, some some confusion. Uh, who who are the, the war daddies up front for, for Nick Saban this year on the front? Yeah, they're still trying to identify those guys. I, I mean, they like Jaheim Otis, the sophomore. Uh, who has proven to be versatile because they've been able to play him more at end so far this season, which has allowed for Tim Keenan to emerge in that defensive front. So they've got capable guys. Do they have dudes? Uh, We're still waiting to see on that one. Now, on the edges, you really like what they have at the outside linebacker position with Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell. Even Q Robinson is a third guy. Did some nice things last week against MTSU. So, I would expect more so if pressure is going to come from this Alabama front seven on Saturday night to Quinn Ewers, it'll probably be more from the linebacker level because I think both these defenses are going to work those A-gaps with some of these linebackers because uh, pass protection where the running backs are concerned too, something that's going to be under the microscope. And uh, up front, I think Alabama feels good about just in early downs and you know, run situations that they've got guys that can get the job done. But as far as dynamic playmaker types like Quinnen Williams, uh, like, you know, Deron Payne and some of those guys, 
still kind of waiting for those to emerge. Hey, Travis, what about the, uh, you know, the assimilation of the coordinators uh, with Nick Saban? We know he's had a lot of turnover there because he's had a lot of success and teams are trying to poach his coaches all the time. He's got two new coordinators. Uh, talk about uh, the, the new systems they're bringing in and what they look like offensively and defensively. Plenty of familiarity where Kevin Steele is concerned. This is his third stint with Nick <laughs> in Tuscaloosa. So, you know, that, that's been pretty seamless, I think. Um, and I and I think there's been you know, so much emphasis on back to basics, fundamentals, you know, things mm-hmm. that Alabama really didn't handle with a plum last season, including the game in Austin, where you know so many penalties uh, for that Alabama defense, even with the experience they brought back. So they've worked hard on cleaning that up. I think offensively, Tommy Reese and kind of his background meshes well with where Nick saw this offense going in the post. Bryce Young era uh, with the change at quarterback and kind of looking at the potential strengths for this offense in comparison to the last few years. Uh, I think Tommy is, is matched up well from that standpoint. And, you know, as a quarterback's coach, he's got a lot on his plate. You know, he walked into a three-man race and he essentially added to it, I guess, with Tyler Buckner as the third. But, you know, that's that's a big part of this too, continued growth. Uh, for for five scholarship quarterbacks, which they're carrying right now. Talking to Travis Ryer uh, with uh, On Three Sports, BamaOnline.com. dot com. He's covered this program for a long, long time, twenty years now. Uh, you know, what do you say to the because you have seen the program so close, the rise, and now where they are after last year's two loss season. Both came on the road. Both came on the last play of the game. There are also a couple of close. Uh, wins against Texas and Texas A&M and some others. Some are saying that Alabama's sliding back a little bit. Are you in that camp, or do you feel like that's that's overblown? Yeah, I'm not ready to go there yet. You know, this is a week of narratives, right? This is yep. the narrative. If Texas is back, uh, we're gonna we're gonna truly find out on Saturday night. And conversely, if if Texas is back, what does that mean for the narrative that maybe Alabama is uh, in descent under Nick Saban relative to the impossible standard sure. anyway that he has established not relative really to anyone else in college football but no i think those are the things that are, are make this week intriguing too uh, is that you know some some questions or at least some partial answers to some questions uh, should be revealed and uh, again i don't see it in terms of the talent that is being acquired by alabama on an annual basis um, but at the end of the day, it is uh, relative to that standard that he has established. Uh, Ten and two is eleven and two is essentially a, a, a failure, a missed opportunity on the college football playoffs. So that's the that's the way the program is judged these days. And to be honest with you, I don't think Nick would have it any other way. Don't disagree at all. Uh, how about the chess match, Travis? I mean, that's that's Sark v. Saban. I mean, they're familiar with one another, obviously. Uh, neither showed very much on either side of the ball last week. Um, you know, how do you – and last year in this game here in Austin, uh, you know, felt like Sark had some things going early before Quinn Ewers got hurt. How do you see the chess match between the two head coaches? Yeah, guys like Sark and Lane Kiffin, they always have hellacious scripts. Usually those first 15 or 20 plays, your defense is just trying to survive the script. And so uh, I'm sure the Alabama defensive staff is is expecting just uh, a little bit of everything potentially, again, from a Texas offense that has the personnel to pretty much carry out whatever Sark wants to do or attempt to do anyway. So, um, you know, it, that's why the opening eight, ten minutes of this game will be um, – 
you know, so in, in, intriguing to watch because, again, um, you know the potential that, that Sark has and, and that personnel group that he has uh, to do some explosive things early. Uh, I think it's on Ewers to show he can connect in the, in the deep passing game and his receivers. they got to finish plays for him, too. Um, but that's that's the thing that I think, you know, if, if Alabama can get through that first eight to ten minutes defensively and kind of get its feet under it behind that home crowd, uh, I'm expecting a grinder anyway, kind of similar to last year's game. I'm not seeing this game in the 30s by any means. And um, so that's where, you know, that that's that's where the, the talent should take over at some point. And, you know, kind of the, the styles of play uh, offensively are going to be fun to watch. Yeah, Travis, I, I happen to think, I don't think any team's going to be able to run the ball with the traditional run game um, because of how mm-hmm. stout the defensive fronts are. Is that what you're feeling when you're talking about this thing kind of being a, a struggle for both teams offensively a little bit? Yeah, I just, for Alabama, I, I, I don't think it has a choice but to get Jalen Milrow more involved in the design run game. So, you know, I, I'm not thinking he's going to carry it 20 times, but I think he'll be 10 or more mm-hmm. um, as far as running the football because I think you hit on it creativity, uh, and Sark's good at that, too. I mean, you saw the throwback screen for the touchdown last week. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the run game, but how you utilize your backs, uh, scrimmage yards, things like that for the backs, both as receivers uh, and runners. And also, of course, I mean, you got a couple tight ends in this game that you saw last week uh, can both really rip the seam between Amari Nyblack for Alabama and then Jatavian Sanders for Texas. So, there is just a lot to cover, and it, it, it's not just the run game, but, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the yards are going to be hard between the tackles. Uh, last thing for me, Travis. Travis Ryer, the quarterback matchup, obviously Quinn Ewers, we know he's been good, but also struggles against uh, exotic coverages. And then Jalen Milrow, for our audience, when you saw him last year in, in, in there for Bryce Young when he was hurt, uh, we know he can run it. We we know what type of athlete he is. What what gave him troubles last year when he when he had his uh, his moments behind Bryce? I think it was just uncertainty and perhaps the magnitude of the situation got him a little bit because the week before, as difficult as it is to come off the bench early in a game and be thrust into action, I think maybe for some guys it's beneficial to them that they just are thrown in there. They don't have time to really consider everything you know it's more reactionary but you go from that to a week lead up of you pretty much know you're the starter and everything that goes with that um I think there was some anxiety for Jalen and so you know that'll be a part of this too even with MTSU last week what I wanted to see from Jalen was poise and composure and how he sort of managed things early in the game and he did it a great job of it um Different deal for a guy from Texas going against the, the, the team he was previously committed to. So um, that's something else early in the game I, I think you, you keep an eye on for, for Alabama is, you know, is Jalen within himself? Does he um, manage things efficiently? Does he not try to, you know, hit the home run on, on every snap? Um, because that's where the turnovers can come from. And so uh, take care of the football, run the, the offense efficiently, uh, I think Tommy Reese, as we saw last week, is going to try to help him as far as pre-snap and getting plays in early, getting them up to the line of scrimmage earlier in the play clock. Uh, the checks are going to come from the sideline with Tommy up in the box. Uh, so that's sort of the process that, that they're working with Jalen right now. And I think at least in week one, 
uh, it was beneficial to him. Travis, great stuff, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. just the uh, preview we wanted uh, for our audience. Uh, getting ready for this game, as good as a look as we'll get at the Crimson Tide from that side. Thank you, Travis, so much. Uh, you can follow Travis on Twitter at Travis Ryer, R-E-I-E-R. Easy to find and uh, a great follow. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, guys. All right, there Thanks, you go. Thanks, Travis. There you go. Travis Ryer, a good look at the other side of the ball and what is coming up Saturday for Texas and uh, its big game on Saturday. What means so much. we we got to take one more break before we get out of here. We'll get into last call. We'll read any more of your texts, 512-337-3776. And we'll get you ready for, for some NFL tonight. Season's kicking off. Ready to go right here on the Horn, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7. Hell yeah! On the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. Back on the Sports Complex, wrapping things up here. It's time for Last Call here on the Sports Complex. If you've got anybody checking out, uh, check out live around town this uh, weekend, this night. Always send those in to me, 512-337-3776, or on Twitter or X, whatever you call it, at It's Patrick Davis, or on Instagram. I'm on there as well, at It's Patrick Davis. Uh, we can shout out, though, uh Pearl Z is going to be at Chess Club tonight. W.C. Clark at Antones. You can check that out. Also, Mariners and Rays playing right now. Uh, big game for the Rangers and Astros. Means a lot of implications in the AL West. So we'll be checking all that out. And, of course, Chiefs and Lions. I have the I have the Lions covering. Four and a half. I have them covering. I think the uh, Chiefs win by a field goal, but it does not cover. Uh, some great text on the text line today. Uh, we missed Mark Bavaro, Sterling Sharp, not Shannon. No love for Shannon, but we get Sterling. We get a George Kittle in there as well. Uh, we also have Lions 45, Chiefs 34, some Super Bowl picks. I'll tell you who I'm picking in the Super Bowl. Dan Quinn and the Cowboys. Not picking them. We'll tell you more tomorrow. We come back. We got another show. We're on until 645 tomorrow. We'll bring back more here on the Sports Complex. Until then, be kind to each other. Be safe. Keep your underwear clean. We'll see you right back here tomorrow for more of the Sports Complex on the Horn.